You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. So this week we're going to talk about a film which was launched in 2015 and it is called The Martian, starring Matt Damon. Pascal, what do you remember about this film? I remember the excitement leading up to the film. Uh, I should treat myself to the the, um, IMAX experience to go and see The Martian and then I couldn't wait for the Blu-ray to come out. I must have seen the film three or four times now. And I think for me, it's the perfect combination of science fiction, adventure, survival, with some exquisite videography, you know, by Ridley Scott. This is one of those films, and and, and I, I struggle to think of a way to describe this. But there's a certain type of film that sometimes I will relive in dreams, almost <laughs> like do you know? Do you want know it's like? Uh, it, it's and they're usually films like this where somebody has to survive. So The Castaway would be another example where there's pretty much only one person in the starring role. Okay, there may be a, a few other people, but it's the film usually focuses on one person. And that person is just basically put through trial after trial after trial until eventually, finally, they manage to succeed in whatever it is they're trying to achieve. And sometimes I will have a dream as if I'm that person in that film reliving the film in almost like a perpetual loop and and I almost find myself thinking how can I make myself wake up so I can break out of this and The Martian is the last film that I remember seeing which had this effect on me and and it's just that relentless you think oh no can he can he not just give him a break for goodness sake this guy has been through so much but it's quite claustrophobic isn't it the fact that it's mainly focusing on the one person Yes, it's also a way in which, you know, he has to survive for two years, if I'm not mistaken. I mm-hmm. should know this, I've seen it too many times. So there's also this sense of dread of time and how long it takes, you know, even when eventually he's rescued and he has to travel quite a distance on the surface of Mars. That takes him days and he has to really uh, be calm and, and hold his nerves and so on. But uh, for the rare few of viewers and listeners who have not seen The Martian, let me remind you that this is a story of Mark Watney, who's an astronaut, who's been left behind after the crew of Ares 3 has to escape from Mars because of a storm that would destroy the the station and the um, spaceship as well. And it's not just his struggle to survive, it's also their effort to go back to Mars to rescue him. There's almost two stories going on at the same time. And back to your examples, um, you know, Roger, of Castaway and many others, you know, which essentially is his own version of uh, Robinson Crusoe. The Normally, it's only about the survivor. Here we had a parallel story of what's happening on Earth and what's happening in the, um, in the spaceship as well. Yeah, I, 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 again, it's just that... that the, the storytelling, we keep coming back to this week after week, don't we? But it's just edge of the seat stuff. You just can't, you can't, you, you, I find myself holding my breath watching this film. No, I think I'll be watching it again after this conversation. So, um, <laughs> 
I suppose unwittingly and and with no intention, um, it's a sci-fi movie. But I think because it's taking place in two thousand two thousand and thirty-five, with some real, I would say, grounded you know science with the help of NASA. That's probably why it's also so uh, you get so involved because this feels very real compared to perhaps other form of science fiction we just got to some like Alien and many others. So. Um, this was based on a 2011 novel of the same name by Andy Weir. If mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, he himself published a lot of the chapters online to build his career as, as a writer. Uh, it took a while for the film to, to, to get going, but once it got going, they actually incredibly filmed it in 70 days, 7-0, wow. which is incredibly short nowadays, uh, frankly, uh, Roger, and then quickly moved on to you know the premiere. So just as a reminder for all of us, it was premiered in September 2015 uh, in Toronto, then was premiered literally a week or two later in the UK, and then went into the US, which I think is fascinating because the US actually saw it last, you could argue, from a premiere point of view, but because there was so much production uh, involvement from the UK, that's probably how they did it. Where the marketing starts to get really exciting is as follows. So to begin with, how about you organize a screening of The Martian at the International Space Station, Roger? How about that? You know, just to... A small PR coup of sort, <laughs> where you would you know do that, and and I'm sure those who were present at the space station had a giggle looking at all the things that perhaps are not exactly correct. Although I'm told by people at NASA that they were very very pleased with the science and everything that they did, but they also did something that I thought was so so clever. They did some false uh, video diaries of the crew of Ares three on their way to Mars whilst on Mars, and obviously. Um, after that the film starts so you had a lead up you know from the summer of 2015 to the premiere in September of the actors pretending to be their characters pretending to be nervous in front of the camera vlogging if the term was already in existence in 2015 about you know how they're going to eat how they're going to keep themselves um, from boredom and this was not just published online. It was also shared on the personal social media accounts of astronaut Michael Massimino. Absolute genius, isn't it? It's, mm. it's, it's building that world around the film. I, I mean, I, I remember the Blair Witch Project a number of years before, where they, before the Blair Witch Project came out, they actually did a documentary, which I think was broadcast on television, which was about the events in the film, as if it was a real thing. And and I, I, you can't beat that sort of trying to make a film appear so real that it you know you you do get sucked into the story before you've even seen it, and you get to know the characters and and you get to care for the characters before you've even seen it. And and doing it like that with the video diaries is is, is just absolute genius, absolute genius. And I bet they had a lot of fun with it as well. Yeah, because of course, like I said, they had to pretend to be nervous, you know, to be like you know real astronauts that suddenly become public figures and with everything that comes comes with it. And I think what you can take pleasure in doing now with the Blu-ray editions and so on is you watch the video diaries, yeah, and then you immerse yourself into the story because of course the diaries stop just before the storm and the incident where they had to leave one behind. Yeah, and of course a lot of DVDs and Blu-rays, you sometimes think that the extras. Uh, oh well we've got to 
stick a few deleted scenes on or we've got to we've got to do a little bit of a documentary and, and sometimes they're they're pretty lame aren't they pascal you know especially mm. the documentaries you know we'll just show it we'll just show the trailer a, a number of times uh, and do a vo- voiceover whereas this you know the the, the extras these video diaries become an integral part of the experience again. So you have got the film, but then you've got the the, the, the diaries as well. So it, it becomes much more than just watching a film. It, it becomes much more of an immersive experience. Yeah, and actually on, on that on that point, after obviously the film was released and seen, they carried on, you know, researching ways to engage an audience with creating a VR virtual reality series where mm. you could reenact some of the the main scenes of the film using obviously those VR headsets for yourselves. And it's only for a minority of of uh, you know people. I understand that, but to your point though, they exhausted pretty much all avenues from a visual stimuli point of view. Yeah, so what what are the marketing lessons from The Martian then? It's it's to surround your main event with interesting peripheral stuff. I think the two things is try to actually bring in, you know, uh, somebody with have perhaps a greater reach than you do. So in the case of the filmmakers, NASA played a big part in marketing the film. I mean, without them you couldn't have had a premiere I know it's a PR stunt, but what a PR stunt, you know, premiered at the International Space Station. You can have, you know, the astronaut to actually share the the diaries onto his own, you know, social networks and so on. So in preparation for the marketing of your story, see if you can bring somebody in. And the reason why they would say yes for someone that arguably could say has less kudos and less reach is because you're going to ask them to do something different, something they've never done before. And that's something that I learned you know, through my own foray in film production. If you ask somebody to do a favor, essentially, it's because that favor is very unique and novel. So I would say that to me is bring that partner into it. And then, yes, do some pre a content, a pre-event um, kind of uh, experience, such as the diaries. Classic collaboration, in other words, classic collaboration. Mm. And, and and again, I think the realism that NASA brought to this, as you said, it, it could almost have been real, couldn't it? It was so close to current technology, whereas we would expect a film like Star Trek or Star Wars to be just outrageous, you know, yeah. true science fiction, whereas this was... Only science fiction to the point that we haven't gone to Mars yet, but it was believable because the tech was so current. Very. And if I'm just, you know, just to say to, to people, you know, do and watch it again or, or watch it for the first time, also for the videography. I mean, the storytelling is outstanding. And I do believe that the Blu-ray has the, the director's cut, which is, adds actually more about Earth, let alone mm. not necessarily Mars. But the way in which it's filmed could be a lesson just in in, in filmography to, to begin with. And but also the, the film became a little uh, you know famous for the famous line, forgive me, repeating that term that uh, that Mark, Matt Damon, you know, the, the character played uh, the played for Mark Watney. I'm gonna have to silence the sh out of this was <laughs> the sentence that became like you know repeated over and over again in different circles after that. Um, which I thought was not what they, they had in mind. It was just obviously the character that was meant to, to, to try and stay positive, but uh, that's something that stayed with uh, an audience for quite some time. 
here's the science bit. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> no, what I really like about these um, podcasts, Pascal, is I, I often put out a tweet, usually on a Saturday, saying, come on, guys, give me an idea for a film that I can watch tonight. Mm. But most of my Friday night films end up being the ones that we end, we are talking about on this podcast because I get so excited about talking about the film that I think, you know, we're going to go and watch it again. So as always, we could probably talk about The Martian for the rest of the afternoon. But we do have to bring the show to a conclusion. So, everybody, can I just say once again, thank you so much for watching or listening to Two Geeks and a Marketing Podcast. Pascal and I are so pleased that you choose to plug us into your earphones or put us in front of your eyeballs. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please leave comments. Please leave suggestions in all the places that you consume your video and audio entertainment. Until next time, please go out there and make sure your marketing is done right. I was Roger Edwards and he was Pascal Fintoni. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates. 